Hi there, welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree and Hover, and we will tell you all about them later. Right now, I am joined um, live from the cloudy depths of Seattle, Games Boss of Giant Space Capriano Wu. How you doing, Bray? <laughs> I, I took time out of PaxDev to come here and spend it with you people today. So let's do this show. Let's get it going on. Let's knock it out. <laughs> Bri, Bri I, have, I have a very important question to ask you before we get started. Yes. Um, I yes. have seen on Twitter that you have ridden in Simone de Rochefort's car. And yes. I, I am glad to hear that you've survived. And, and are, no, was that a close no. call? No, hold on, Steve. That car <laughs> is perfect. And it is a chariot of the gods. And I was so impressed by riding with it that everyone, okay, all the listeners out there on Isometric need to know this. Simone de Rochefort told me if she was ever hit by a bus, that car now belongs to me. The 1989 Toyota Tercel, that belongs to Brianna. (laughs) So she agreed to that and her roommate heard it and Amanda heard it. So, like, and I don't want any of you, like, something does happen to Simone. It's not my fault. I just want to say that. Like, I didn't do it to get that sweet, sweet 1989 Toyota Tercel. So I just want to say that on the record. I think I've got some old Transformers from when I was a kid that looked like that car. Yeah, that's extremely old. That's so old that you would think the actual car frame would be rusted out. It like that's really impressive it is still running it smells bad but it's it's got it's awesome i don't know it transcends i'm impressed it's time yes give it another decade and it'll be a classic car oh it's a classic car now oh you know i think i think you get to well for starters i'm maddie myers classic car expert (laughs) and um an editor at the mary sue hi maddie an editor at the mary sue at the maddie sue which is what i call it in my head um so anyway uh in order to qualify to have a classic car, I, I should know this because um, my dad has a classic car, and I'll I'll ask him if you guys really want to know. But you, you have to have a car that's a certain age, and you have to have it registered. Um, so so anyway, someone should really consider that option. But the car has to actually be a certain number of years old before it it qualifies for special tax benefits or whatever the heck. Yeah, they have like cruising nights out here where everybody takes their old cars and opens up the hood yeah, and lets people look inside. Yeah. And I think and, she should do that. Yeah, she should do that. She should do that. Um, yeah, there there are some rules about classic cars. You have to like drive them once a week, and if you can't actually drive them, then they don't qualify, and so on and so forth. Um, you know anyway. way too much about this. I, I yeah. really don't because my dad owns one. Uh, it's like a 1960-something Corvette, and it's probably bad that I don't have Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so fun. My brother actually also, um, he actually rents cars for movies and he has the um oh what's the car that has the tail fins on it i should know this it could be a corvette it could there's be. multiple like cars that have that yeah that and style he has a 1959 rolls royce bentley wow and he has some other one and he rents them for movies that's what he does for one of the weird things that he does for fun yeah <laughs> Um, anyway, that's Georgia Dow. <laughs> yeah, so, we, so oh. we also we also have Orkin Shark aficionado and <laughs> I wasn't editor. supposed to speak yet. We're supposed to wait nine minutes. <laughs> editor and I'm Warren, psychotherapist and premature speaker at Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I'm good. I'm good. I have a problem, Maddie. Oh? Guys, I, I think there's been a lot of people, including my husband, that chose Mecha Godzilla over me what? in our survey. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? And those people should feel bad about themselves. People should feel bad about that. I haven't checked the results yet because we've only got like a little over 100 responders, which out of our listeners, that's actually a really small number. 
three three people have already told me. Okay. That okay. they chose. Well, this is why it's really important for people to vote in the survey because <laughs> we want Georgia to win and we need you to advocate for her. And also we need you to tell us which segments you like best on isometric. For example, car talk, uh, classic car information, <laughs> uh, different kinds of cars that we've ridden in or that our friends have. Those are topics that you might want to say that you want to hear more about uh, in the survey. So right. you should check it out. Right. It's at survey.isometricshow.com. I need yes. to know this, Georgia. What? Okay. Like Mecha Godzilla can fire freaking lasers out of his eyes yeah like he's made yeah. of steel he's as big as like um a skyscraper how do you plan to beat mecha godzilla like you're tough but like you're not made of armor no I think. no no no, no, like, no. But what's, you see, what's your strategy yeah i i would use psychology <laughs> <laughs> Mecha Godzilla is not going to fall for your psychology, Georgia. Of course, well, he would. we don't know of that. Of course, of course, he would. That okay, is wait, where wait, he's let's try weak. It. Okay, hold on, hold it's on. My Use your psychology ability. on me. My, <laughs> psych- my, psychology, my psionic ability would be much higher. You see, it would just be like, don't hurt these people. We're just all made of love and happiness. I think Georgia already uses her psychology on this show in order to keep it in line. We just don't perceive <laughs> or to, to divert it her insidious influence because it's already it's already all around us. We're already bathing in it. So why are you that angry, Mecha Godzilla? Where's all that anger coming from? Yeah. Let's talk about Is this. Is this from your while. childhood? Do yeah. you have a rust issue? <laughs> a rust issue. It's a rust were you, issue. Were you a Toyota Tercel in a past life? Right, right. Why are they such angry eyes? I can see that you're holding some repressed anger. It's when he was like a mini, um, um, mini Mecha Godzilla. A baby Godzilla. Yeah. Babyzilla, if you yeah. will. It's hard. It must be painful. It would be. I mean, it's very isolating. He's the only one of his kind. Now I feel now I feel bad for Mechagodzilla. I want to have a good You cry. should. You right. should. All right. That's how Georgia will he just win. Needs love. So anyway, so vote anyway, on we should, we should probably the talk survey. about Yeah, so fill out the survey at survey.isometricshow.com. Yeah, please. Thank you. Vote for Mechagodzilla versus Georgia. <laughs> oh, Be sure free. to do that. On you can vote for Mechagodzilla if you want. Yeah. Well, who did Frank but vote for? But you don't for? have to. Yeah, who did Frank vote for? I haven't asked him, but that's a good point. I can help uh-huh. rig the results by getting Frank to vote. Because my husband came up to me. He's like, I'm sorry, Georgia. I couldn't do it. I had to vote for Mecca I'm like, really? Et tu, Brute? <laughs> I mean, Georgia, if you had a superpower, like, I mean. You I know, do. Like, you what do you mean if? The... What do you mean? I... <laughs> Oops. You hurt your elbow for like two weeks by like slamming <laughs> a, a stuffed animal into the ground. How are you going to beat Mecha Godzilla? Well, clearly a healing factor is not her superpower, and that's okay. No, it's definitely not yeah. that. I can't body slam Mecha Godzilla. That's what I learned. I learned from that. Even even superheroes have weaknesses. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah, games. Let's guys. talk about video games. <laughs> so. So um, the big news this week is that YouTube uh, Gaming finally had their public launch uh, yesterday as we're recording this Wednesday of this past week. Really, way back when we first started the show, one of the first things we talked about were the rumors that Google was going to buy Twitch and then Amazon ended up outbidding them. And so 
uh, what YouTube did, or well, I guess YouTube and Google are, are more or less the same thing. I'll probably end up using them interchangeably. But what YouTube decided to do was just build their own service and build it on top of what they're already doing. So they've launched gaming.youtube.com, which is taking a lot of the gaming content that was already out on YouTube and organizing it a bit better for games. There are categories for Let's Plays and for live streams and for and for walkthroughs and and different things like that and for kind of more scripted content and but it's taking advantage of all the content that they already have hosted there and they're also opening up um instant live streaming to everyone which originally was restricted to individual partners so is this enough to make a dent in the the head start that twitch has already gotten in this space I think it's it's very I think they've got an uphill battle. I mean, you know, when Google brought out Google Plus, they tried all their Google evil tricks, right? To <laughs> like did. to like did. get people to start using that that social network. They pressured and, people. You know, they I was re- pressured into they it. They did and they tied comments on YouTube to it yeah. and people just, you know, I thought the comment on Daring Fireball was perfect. Like people don't want to hang out with their electric company, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think they really got an uphill battle and I think that um, I, I think Twitch has a cooler brand. They have a really big head start. But, um, you know, I think I think Twitch's long-term future, it's kind of similar to Dropbox, right? Like Dropbox was famously told by Steve Jobs, your company is not, um, your company is just a feature. And it's something that's easily um, duplicated. You know, this kind of streaming architecture, it's something that it's very easy to imagine Google kind of getting um, a really big advantage in, especially considering how much of a lead they have with kind of being the, the center of, you know, journalism, video journalism. So um, I, I think it's a coin toss, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a lot of variables. Seems like a real Mecha Godzilla versus Georgia Dow type of situation, you know? Because you got like these two Wait, superpowers. Am I? Am I? Yeah. I'll let you decide. I mean, like, which unethical corporation do you want to be? I, I mean, like, it, I, I think they totally have a chance. I'm actually surprised, Bree, to hear you even be that skeptical about this. I, I feel like I watched, I was watching um, some of former guest Danielle Riando's stream right before the show just to like check out the interface and uh, it's super mm-hmm. slick it's a lot like twitch but there are a lot of things about it that look a little cleaner i think the design looks really good it works really well um it's still a little bit uncool so it's actually going to benefit from some of the stuff that makes twitch lag because not that many people are using it yet but a lot of people who stream a lot like danielle are going to be simultaneously streaming on twitch and youtube at the same time so it's going to be really attractive to people to be like going to youtube if not that many people are viewing it because there's less lag so like the fact that but but we're comparing like tens of thousands of people with other tens of thousands of people already, you know, like the early numbers for YouTube gaming are, are not bad. <laughs> like a lot of people are checking it out and it only just launched like yesterday. Right. Like it's like really new. Right. Uh, well, one of the stats that I saw was that uh, the most popular stream on, on Twitch had about 32,000 people watching it. And the most popular one on YouTube gaming as of the day of its launch only had 10,000. And that was with all of the additional attention from the launch so that, that you would expect it would be it would actually drop after the original day after no first day. that doesn't mean anything steve yeah. i mean they don't have the apis yeah. built into you know playstation yet they don't have apis built into xbox um no that's that that's i don't think that means anything and they're, i think they're that just getting actually... out of the gate 
be a benefit for them because they're already developing those apps and Twitch has taken a really long time to finally release a PS4 app. Like there still isn't a Twitch app on the PS4 and I Googled it. Right. Yes. For watching people play. And, um, that is something that people want to (laughs) do. Like they're on their PS4 or Xbox or whatever. And they're watching Netflix and they're like, Oh, I want to like go watch a tournament. Like you need to make that as easy as possible if you really want streaming to catch on i think and whoever does that faster i think is going to see a lot of benefit from that right away because consoles are basically streaming devices for video already and this is like a natural leap to to include this so i I don't know i i think maybe the fact that twitch is like a little bit of a smaller startup feel has has meant that they've i'm i'm guessing that that's why they they've taken so long to come up with the ps4 app but it's still not out, so that's been baffling for many people for a while. Does anyone think that the difference between like the content ID and all the copyright that YouTube has to go through is going to cause issues for people that are either playing music or they've oh, licensed yeah. it, and like you know, and is going to make it become one of these issues where people are going to get stuck and they might as well just stay with something that's a little bit easier and and more effortless to not have to worry about what they're playing if there's music in the background. What happens yeah, to Michelle? I haven't actually seen anybody talking about that yet. So it will be interesting to see if that becomes a problem later for sure. I mean, any any service is that's more accessible is going to win like across the board, whether it's more accessible for people to watch on every possible device or more accessible for people to stream. And I mean, that's going to just be a race that continues to unfold. But both of them are such amazingly big teams right i mean it's literally amazon and google so it's like who can throw money at the problem faster bam 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 (laughs) i don't know i i think something that i've seen left out of the analysis is um you know with apple's with apple's big event this year um there was a lot of really important game news that kind of slipped the the radar there was one uh in fact there was the place i heard about this george was a party with your name on the door (laughs) you did not show up believe it or not i wasn't invited to this party all right, all right. No, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of news that um, came out of WWDC this year that has to do with Apple gaming that really has not been publicized. So, um, you know, Apple's new APIs for iOS nine include um, basically streaming built into it, uh, tools to actually stream games. So, I think um, in the long run, well, a I'm kind of. I'm kind of unconvinced that Apple is ever going to have a really big presence in the kind of online mm-hmm. streaming thing. Though I yeah. had um, dinner out with Pixelkin's Nicole Tanner last night, and she was telling me about the awesome rating she gets from letting uh, her child play and then like filming it and streaming it. But the, my point is, it's really hard for me to imagine. Apple working very closely with Google to kind of integrate, um, you know, Google's streaming service into iOS apps. Like, and I can see Apple working with someone like Twitch instead. So I don't know. It's, um, I think that's going to be a real challenge for them. And, you know, I think the, the question after that is how good a relationship 
is Google going to have with, you know, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo? Well, Nintendo, I guess not, because they're kind of, you know, 20 years in the past. <laughs> Nintendo's still working on letting you play games online, let alone stream them. So Right, right. So, you know, I think that is the real question here. It's going to be corporate partnerships and, you know, who can kind of have good relationships with these, you know, companies that make the consoles you play on. Like, that's mm-hmm. where it lives or dies. Yeah, though I wonder if they would partner with Twitch, because Twitch is owned by Amazon, who they're not particularly... friendly with either so i don't know i mean it might be that they buy one of these there's a couple of of streaming sites streaming services that are box and you stream and mob crush is specifically for mobile as well that right now apparently you have to like plug your phone into your computer and stream from there but maybe if they could either you know just buy them outright i mean apple clearly has enough money uh but i mean that's really what it comes down to is how easy is it to stream and that's why i'm like even youtube gaming is a little is going to have trouble until they have streaming apps built into the the apps to stream the content built into the PS4 or the Xbox One. I mean, I I was playing around with some streaming this week, and I'll tell you, it is especially on a PC, it's a pain to get it set up without mm-hmm. having a service that already integrates it. And, and a friend of the show, Tanya DePass, wrote another wrote an article about this on her blog too, where she was trying to get it set up to stream one of the Dragon Age games, and it was it was like a nightmare, and it didn't end up working. So having that built into the PS4 and the Xbox One is a really big uh, step that YouTube has to get to before this is really going to be able to be a, a true competitor, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. I think that's a really good point. But they have the money to do it. So yeah, they do. <laughs> they just have to, you know, want throw to do money it. There has at to be the a problem. reason, though, to put that, like, there has to be a reason to put mm, that money into yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel like I see this as the future. So <laughs> I already feel like I'm I'm a few steps ahead where I'm thinking like, okay, when do we get to the point where these become subscription services where there's like tournaments being streamed and people have to actually pay to, to see certain content that they want to see? Like that is the thing further down the line that I think will start to happen because right now viewers don't really care you know like if you're sitting on your computer you can watch whatever on whatever channel really easily and it's all free and we don't even really think about these things as being channels the way that we did with tv but like i feel like the next step for that is that you get to like a netflix or a hulu scenario where you have like subscription-based content and people actually do have to decide like okay i do i actually want to become a hitbox person or whatever and do i want to go ahead and and pay like two dollars a month for this specific brand that I'm going to have loyalty to because because I think that will happen too. And like Amazon already has Amazon Prime and Amazon Video on consoles. So I could see that getting wrapped in pretty easily there. It could. The, the problem is, is that it's hard to go up against free. Yeah, and no, so, I know. You know, I, like I know. It, it has to be something that's really big with really big names and you know, uh, or like something some like Amazon Prime, games. which a lot of people already have, and then yeah. it becomes a benefit to people to be watching stuff via that because they've already got it like installed free to them, right? right? Like, right, exactly. It, I don't know if it would be something that we would get. A lot of people that game are are younger, and then it's the monetary value, and then they have to ask their parents, and they could do it for free. I think that when you're going up against free, it makes it really difficult. You have to add something, either make it effortless, make it really easy to do, or you have to add a certain content that isn't going to be. So I don't know if that. It's would definitely be, not right away. It's just something yeah. that I. I personally hereby predict that that will happen eventually, and I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. 
So, I mean, like, you almost think of, like, a pay-per-view for, like, the big, for, like, the big boxing matches or whatever it used to be. I, I could see that happening eventually, but I don't really know what it would look like yet. It just seems like the next logical step. I don't know. I don't know why I think that. Maybe because I'm a huge nerd and I just want it to happen. I don't know. <laughs> you see, I don't watch. I very rarely will watch other people game. It'll only be if it's a game that's like a really scary horror game that I'm not going to be able to play. Because yeah. I, I will have a panic attack. I enjoy watching one. Other people have panic attacks to to play the games because I, I get the enjoyment of watching it. And it's almost like watching a movie together. So yeah. I, I find that really fun. Um, you know, and so we're both scared and we're watching through the game. And so I would do that for that. And I do it for like people that are exceptionally good, you know, you know, expertise. Like I would watch Bree like play Peggle because like, you know, if you see someone that plays something that's yeah. really. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can do that, Georgia. I, but that I like. You can do it I and not go. Going like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like when we Peggle. played Deal or No Deal together. That was yeah. just. Yeah. Was, so you, you know, should just stream that is what we should have done. That's, yeah, we should have streamed that. Yeah, how do we stream us playing <laughs> no arcade deal. games? Why isn't that something we can do we have, easily? We have a video of us playing Deal or No Deal. We do. We do. We but do. but we that's that, that video is for us alone. Did you have fun screaming No Deal and hammering the, the No Deal button with your fist? <laughs> that's how you fun. play. That's how you win, I, right? And, and you we, have yeah. to do that. We it's won part of it. Tickets. We did. Please. That was and amazing. then I rolled around on the ground and let the tickets <laughs> spray over my body. We made the tickets rain on Brie. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a, it, was it was so much fun. We, everyone was staring at us by the ends. They um, were jealous. So whatever. <laughs> they're jealous because they're uncool. Yeah. We were the coolest people there. I mean, that's not an undisputed fact. Anyway. Yeah, it's um, funny because yeah. we I, I just took my oldest to an arcade nearby and they had that. And she's like, look, daddy, that's the game that we play. I said, let's play. I'm like, no, you know what? It, this is not going to be the same playing it without Auntie Bree. It is not. It just don't. It's it shouldn't not, even try. It's not. No. <laughs> That's right. Life is not the same when you're not playing it with Auntie Bree. You guys are going to find that out when I'm not here for the next three shows. So. That's going to be sad. Well, it's a couple weeks away, so we'll, 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 build our, we'll build up our defenses, I suppose. We'll do our yeah. best. Ooh. We're going to have to get like a Bree puppet or something. Like a standee. No, that would just be weird and creepy. That's a real deal or nothing. <laughs> well, Bree's going to record segments to... Uh, to, to Oh, uh, right. assault, to assault us uh, Is that from really afar. happening? Do, do we want to tease that? <laughs> we have if to do we that. Aren't sure? We have okay. to do that. No, now it must happen. Oh, yeah. Now we're confirming oh, yeah. it. Now it's right. canon. Yeah. yeah, I've been watching a lot of Jigsaw movies. Oh, God. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> to get... There's going to be, like, an elaborate Rube Goldberg yeah. machine that, like, <laughs> right, leads us right. to a video game. Yeah. Or uh, our death. Die. Make your choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Are we done with this topic? And what is happening right now? You have to start it, Bree. Wait, wait, wait. Bree has to start it with. (laughs) So you want to play a game? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And then, and then the war, and then the the segment ends in nuclear annihilation. Yeah, there has to be a war games reference. Like the game needs to be tic tac toe or something. I actually got a movie reference. I want that. I want that noted. By the way. You did. Okay. That's pretty impressive. Steve. We will go. note it in the official isometric show <laughs> roster. I don't know. We yearbook. Don't have you can that. sign my yearbook with that. It's okay. on the Wikipedia page that we don't have. Yeah. Well, How come no on one's that? made us one of those? Any, anyway, I guess we should take a break since we've already clearly taken a break. Let's take a break and tell, <laughs> and, and tell you and tell you that this episode of isometric is brought to you by Braintree, which is code for easy online payments. 
if you are someone who makes mobile apps, you really should check out Braintree. Uh, they are the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, uh, Living Social, and Munchery. Uh, they've made the payment in these apps seamless and magical, and you can add the same experience to your own app. They have excellent customer service, and the integration is super simple, and they get you your payments very, very quickly. Uh, so their continuous support and fast payouts mean you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Uh, they also solve mobile card abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. They make payment for in some of your apps seamless and magical, and you can do the same for your app. Uh, they give you a full-stack payment solution. They take PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and all and more, all with a single integration. It comes with you across every platform, and they, they throw fraud protection in, and as well as their fantastic customer service and fast payouts. So to learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, uh, go to BraintreePayments.com slash Isometric. And thank you so much to Braintree for supporting uh, Isometric and all of Reality.fm. Yay! Braintree would beat Mecha Godzilla in a fight. I just want to oh. say that. Oh, come on, guys. We have to change that. <laughs> that isn't on the survey, but it could be. Braintree, the Mecha Godzilla <laughs> of online payments. They can have that. That's true. Is that like an acceptable phrase for us to say in the ad? Do you think they'd be okay with being compared to Mecha Godzilla? Or. Um. I mean, I don't see why not. Mechagodzilla is awesome. I, I mean, I agree. Mike I hope Hurley, that... it's going to be very angry. <laughs> Gosh, you burned every bridge with our sponsor. <laughs> why are you comparing them to Mechagodzilla? Braintree's very angry. In fairness, he knew what he was getting into in the first place. So That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they wanted an ad on our show, and that's what we do. Can I tell you? Okay, Georgia, I have to tell you this. Georgia, I have to tell you this. So before I put up, on fandas.biz, the incriminating documents on Georgia <laughs> Dow. Oh, no. I was telling our station CEO, our network CEO, Mike Hurley, about it. And his reaction was basically, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Well, that's, that's very clever, Brie. It's like... Mike is the most polite person in the world. Did he really say it like that? That's brilliant. He did. And he's like... But, you know, I just would prefer you didn't do X sponsor that way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God Squarespace will let us get away with that kind of stuff. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. So. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, you can still go to Fandas.biz, by the way, and go buy the incriminating evidence about Georgia Dow. Hey, I made made $15 this week from that, so keep buying it. Yeah, you can you can go to you can go do that, and then you can fill out the survey and tell us what you thought about the incriminating evidence. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so the Hearthstone expansion came out this week, which is okay, turning hold on. into. I got I got taken out. Oh, so out. okay. <laughs> I I was so I was oh, so into Destiny last week. Bree, I was gonna say something sarcastic as well. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Uh... Well, I'm excited to listen to Steve talk for 30 minutes. (laughs) I I will not. Sell me on on Hearthstone, Steve. Sell three people on it, Steve. (laughs) So, first of all, just the reason we're talking about this is this is like one of Activision Blizzard's biggest biggest things going right now they're they're listing it along with destiny when they're talking about how many engaged users they have they won't break it out by game but they're lumping that and heroes of the storm and destiny together when they're talking about how many engaged um how many engaged users they have so this has been a big deal it's been an even bigger deal since they came out for the iphone and then this expansion this week is 
a really, really big deal just in terms of it's the first one since they released the mobile client. But it's it's really like it's a free to play game, and the we've talked to death about the art style, and it's still not great in the expansion. Uh, but uh, I guess it's kind of there are some cards that are okay, and there are some cards that are still not. Um, but it what it is when you get into it, it's very it. I mean, we talked about Heroes of the Storm with their onboarding, and I haven't gone through that with Maureen. I think the onboarding for Hearthstone is also very very good. And they take a really complicated genre of collectible card games and they make it really simple. But there's also a, a ton of depth there. And it's on par with any collectible card game I've played, including Magic. I mean, it's simplified, but it's definitely got a lot of depth and a lot of strategy. And there's a lot there that if you're willing to put the time into it, it's very rewarding in terms of letting you be able to put something together and then be able to execute a plan and see a lot of cool stuff happen and be able to really improve even despite the uh, free-to-play nature of the game, even without paying any money for the game if you don't want to. But- I'm kind of kicking myself for not requesting Maureen as as the replacement guest for this, this spot because I actually am curious about her take on it as somebody coming into it and playing and learning from you who's yeah. been playing for a little longer. Did she used to play like Magic the Gathering or like other CCGs when she was younger or... Because I know she played Solar Calibur because we talked about that. But I, I don't I, I haven't talked to her about anything besides fighting games, so I don't know what she's really into. Yeah, I would I would actually like to get her in, but I think she Somebody's gotta watch the brood. Does she like CCGs though? She she and I played Magic when we first um started dating. So she has played Magic in the past, and that's why I kinda kept introducing it to her because I knew that it was something that she would like. She likes strategy games in general. Like she mm-hmm. likes uh Age of Empires two was her her jam in college. A lot, and also work. She liked Warcraft three a lot, even though. Oh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Starcraft because anything sci-fi, she's like, forget it. Yeah, but, fair but, enough. I get that. Yeah, but work, work, Warcraft three. She was all over Warcraft three. Warcraft 3. is a great game. Warcraft yeah. is great. Yeah, it is. Warcraft three was so good. I really wish they would make another like real Warcraft game. That would be amazing. But wait a second, hey, Brie? it could happen. Bree, we have yes. to make a Brie. Bree, I'm sorry, I was Brie. reading about Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> What's up? So, okay. What's up? So, so let me let me ask. Other than, I mean, the, we've talked about the art style in the past, though. But what is it about the game that makes it not, you know, not appealing to to the three of you? Because I mean, there's there's been some some articles coming around this week about is it too late to get into it? Is it too complicated? It's never too late. Is it? Do you feel like it's too late? I don't. But I I, I am I am always jumping on the bandwagon for challenging things because I get really stubborn when people tell me something will be too hard. But <laughs> that is that is a unique trait that I understand is strange and a thing that only I have. And I do get that everybody else is like, oh, it's too hard. Screw that. And that's probably normal. So yeah, for me, it's honestly just the fact that it's a CCG. And although I played a little bit of Magic growing up, it didn't super appeal to me. And I don't know why card games don't really appeal to me, but they don't and i feel bad that i don't have a more thought out answer than that there may maybe a card killed my parents i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know why i don't know why card games even in a digital format i'm like it just doesn't feel like a game or a video game to me i don't know what the problem is does, does anybody else feel that way card yeah. games anybody I, I don't mind yeah. card games i think that i could probably get interested in if i i played i think that it's just uh, I'm like, uh, do I really want, like, what am I going to get from it? I like I like strategy games, and I would play, I think that if I knew how to play it 
And if I had someone else that was like playing it, I could play against them. I might be involved in it, but it doesn't have any natural appeal besides that, you know, like yeah, play on my own. And yeah, I mean, you do have to play against other people and generally that's randoms. true. It is inherently a multiplayer game. Like there's yeah. no solitaire version of Hearthstone. No, but I'm, I'm going to play it with people <laughs> I don't know. So then it doesn't matter as much. To right. Me. right. You know? Yeah, and there's no way for them to really yell at you because there's just like the there's well, just like the six Well, but that's a good emotes. thing though because there's like the specific responses. That part of it I like. Um, maybe Georgia would be disappointed by that, but I don't know. <laughs> um, so Georgia, are you saying that you actually prefer to play multiplayer games against people that you know? As like like, don't you worry about getting into fights with actual people that you know? <laughs> no, like about them being good or no. you kicking their butt. Or- no, not at all. I find that that's the fun for me. But like, I I like that by nature. I enjoy um, like competitions, and I like people that will play games, and and we can enjoy that. Like, I think that most of the sports that I do are are like uh, you know versus type. Of sports and every like every time I I play like a uh, MMO or something like that I play on like the uh, like PvP servers yeah. so that we you know we can <laughs> play against people and um, you so- keep telling me this about yourself and I believe you but it just seems so <laughs> at odds with everything else that I know and expect about you which she she does martial arts though no I know I know that's why I- Georgia makes me reevaluate every day like just every day I'm like. You never know what George is going to like. All right. Cool. Okay. So <laughs> you know what? Point. You might actually like it then because yeah. I feel like that's the part of it that I'm not super into. I mean, like I, I can get into, I like fighting games obviously, but I just, I don't know. Like there's just something about a one-on-one card game that just does not appeal to me at all. Anyway, Bree, go ahead. I, yeah, go ahead, Bree. I I can get into Heroes of the Storm, right? Like Heroes yeah. of the Storm at least has like Kerrigan and Nova and mm. you know, like it has some cool characters in it. I have yet to see one character in Hearthstone where I look at the character design and I'm like, I want to be that character. Like mm. I like that character. That is I mean such a good point. I, I get that. I, I, get I, that. I, I just it's so unappealing. It's mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. unappealing. Um, well, the other the part of that, though, that 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 I totally agree with just quickly is like the fact that a card game is not about characters, like from a fundamental sense. I'm now realizing this as we talk about it. And like that is something that's always been super important to me with playing games, even though fighting games are about mechanics. I just like really care about picking a character and getting to know them and identifying with them, even if there's like no characterization for that character, I'll like invent one. And that's like my emotional investment there. But with a card game that just isn't, I can't do that. And maybe that's what the problem is for me. I don't know if that's what you were saying. No, I fully agree with that, Maddie. It's like in a fighting game, how many times have you picked a character that might be mid-tier or lower-tier? But you love that like character, character so much that you keep playing with them. Like Sonya from MK1 is a really good example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cammy was lower tier for a long time. So, But I get what you mean. <laughs> no, I totally get what you mean. Even in books or in stories, I like to have someone that I can, you know, feel that they are a representation of what I would like or someone that has a piece of what is me in it. Right. Yeah. You know, so, that I want to you know, it's to. Blizzard's whole world is so hyper masculinized. Mm-hmm. It just is. That. It yeah. is a bro fantasy. 
And I just, um, I, I think that's just it. It doesn't appeal to me. And I, I have to be straight up. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the Blizzard, like really hardcore people are just, a bit of the culture pushes me away. Now, there are certainly women that really get into World of Warcraft. I've met them, but I I don't know. It's just, it's not a world that feels like it includes me personally. So, you know, I just, I can't get emotionally invested in. Yeah. Where it's like Final Fantasy is the exact opposite. Like, look at yeah. Triple Triad in Final Fantasy. I would totally play that. And I, Maddie, how many Final Care, like, how many women in Final Fantasy would you not want to be? Like, you can barely <laughs> name any, right? Yeah, like, all of them are so friggin' cool. Some of like, the guys are so right. cool. I'd be the guys. That's too. true, like, too. There's a yeah. lot of really cool characters in Final yeah. Fantasy, like, across the board. That's what mm-hmm. makes those games really fun, I think. But I don't know if I would play a Final Fantasy card game, though, is the thing. <laughs> anyway, probably Steve, make a go great ahead. card game. The the thing is that I'm and I'm saying this is weird to me not because I disagree with anything that you've been saying because I totally get that and, and I totally get that if the world doesn't appeal to you it's just not it's not going to yeah. click. It's when you're talking about them not having personality it's fo- so odd to me because that actually is one of the things that appeals to me in the game. Like the thing they that's do different, have personality, yeah. yeah. Because the thing that's different but about Hearthstone, it's like, from, it's from like some, hey, let's drink beer. Hey, let's smash <laughs> this up. It's like this bro frat house humor that I see with it, and it's just they're bringing in a lot more female characters. A lot of the a, a lot of female oriented cards. It seems like it's fifty fifty. Some of them are still okay. The art style depends a lot on the artist, and some of them are more obsessed with boobs than others (laughs) but but i mean i actually get attached to some of the cards because what happens is that they have animations and they have you know voices that that come in when you're when you're doing when you're playing them and like there's a card that i i like that called anoyotron which is just this robot that just comes in and every time it comes in it goes hello 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 over and i say it reminds me of my kids you know it's the kind of thing like it's cute and it I get attached to that even though it's it's completely – like it's a, it's a pawn in a game, right? It has nothing to do with anything. But I still get attached to some of the personalities for the individual cards that I play a lot and also to the characters themselves too. And and even like what you're talking about, like playing a lower tier character because you like them. Like I do that with say the priest is a character that I can't play in, in constructed tournament. But that's the first character that I learned to play with. And so I do like going back to that and playing that way and – you know the the different playing styles of characters that even are suboptimal just to just to have a lot of fun with it. So I, I mean, it's I, I'm not going to sell you on it because if it doesn't appeal to you, it doesn't appeal to you, and I totally get that. It's no, just, no, no. It's, if you're yeah. saying for the expansion, if they look, Steve, yeah. I caught holy hell yeah. on Twitter because I went through every single card in the initial Hearthstone pack. Yeah, and I went through every single card. You can go to the sub screen and you can see who made the card. And they had, if I recall correctly, it was two cards in the original Hearthstone that were drawn by women. And the entire rest of it was made by dudes. And it showed in the product. So if you were telling me that they made more of an effort, because I felt like Heroes of the Storm did not push me away in the same way. So if this one is doing better, I am downloading it as we speak. I'm going to be on a plane all day tomorrow. I will give it a chance. But, you know, it's... I don't well, know. What would we, I don't know. Steve, would you recommend, like, you know, so that when you, like, you know, when you first start playing it, like, a great way to kind of, like, get sped up on, like, Hearthstone strategy? 
Yeah. Like, is there like an article or something you can read so that you're is not... Is the tutorial pretty good? Because like the HOTS tutorial is real good. So. No, but usually they're not good. They're like, <laughs> yeah. No? Is it good? Blizzard no, it's does. really good. Yeah, Blizzard does very yeah. good tutorials and it's entertaining, the tutorial. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's typical for them. It's the one thing they can do right. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. I guess what I'll say is that it's what's what the problem with Hearthstone is that it's very easy to get the basics of it. And then you kind of hit this wall where you know how to play the game, but then there's like another level that you need to get to to actually understand how to play the game. And it doesn't teach you that at all. Um, and yeah, that's that where sounds like Peckle. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it, it, or it StarCraft. Like StarCraft, I would say, actually, yeah. that tutorial for that has the same problem. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It, and I would say it's actually a lot like Peggle where it'll, it, you know, you get the basics of you need to do this in order to mm-hmm. clear the board. But a lot of like the nuance of like how you need to ricochet a peg, a ball off pegs in order to clear a part of the board, it doesn't teach you that at all. And that's where you need to go to. It'll help you build a deck like they have a deck builder thing once you get through the initial tutorial. But the deck builder builds you crap decks. And what you have to what we found with Maureen was that there's a site called Hearthstone Players that has a list of decks that are actually decent that you can build with just the cards that they give you for completing the tutorial. And those helped her out a lot. And also just going in and playing the arena mode, which is sealed deck where you can just like draft a bunch of cards and then you're playing against people who are also drafting those cards. So you're not necessarily at a card disadvantage. Which, I mean, it doesn't really make that much of a difference because a, a lot of it is knowing how to use the cards rather than the cards that you have. But sometimes that little bit of an edge can be a problem and it can get disheartening getting through that that kind of middle stage where you know how the game works, but you don't know how to play the game, if that makes sense. Okay. But, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the one thing that I did hear about the art in the original game is that they pulled a lot of World of Warcraft's um, assets to build the game. And mm. this is the first expansion where they're commissioning art specifically for it. So I don't know if that makes a difference there. There seem to be like Brave Archer is a, is a card that – and um, what is it? Crowd Favorite is uh, a woman in, in actual like legitimate armor, like not even boom armor, but like legitimate armor, like raising her, her sword up in victory and, and being cheered and, and looking really tough. And so I, those are just two examples, but – there's a there's a list that I'll link in the show notes that has a list of all 150 cards. I mean, you may have a different opinion than I do, and and clearly that happens, but um, it it feels like they're trying at least. Yeah, that's a good sign at least that they have like kind of acknowledged the problem, even though it's Blizzard, so they'll never directly acknowledge the problem, but they've quietly and passively acknowledged it by changing their behavior. Yeah, Yay. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they did it. They did the alternate hero, hunter hero that they introduced um, is actually pretty cool too. But again, that the problem with that is that you have to pay ten dollars in order to get her. So that's Ugh. not that's not good. But yeah. at least they're they're making moves in that direction. It feels like we should then take a, take a break and tell you that uh, this episode of Isometric is also brought to you by Hover, which is the best way to buy and manage domain names. Uh, it's the first place I've been, it's the first place I go. I've been buying my domains personally for, from hover for a number of years and it really is super simple and it makes it so much less painful than buying a domain from some of the other places. Um, and you know, if you're going to be starting a project, you really need to have a good name. And the first thing you need to do is go make sure that you can get a domain for it. And Hover provides a hassle-free, simple and fast way of buying those domain names. It's just a couple of screens and you're completely done. And it's super easy to search. I was actually – I decided to search for uh, dawabunga.com today <laughs> for on a whim. And I forgot that uh, our friend Brian Matucci actually registered it and put a page up. 
Really? Um, for it, really? <laughs> which I'm sure he would give to us if we want. It, or I think sell this to was us, very, know? yeah, this yeah. was very early in the show's canon, and it's an adorable Dawabunga fan page. And it links to Fandas.biz. It does. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. As it should. <laughs> but, Where you can but, buy incriminating uh, documents on Georgia Dow. <laughs> But there are there, when you, when it came up with that, it gave me a whole bunch of other options, including some of these third level domains. So I could get Dawabunga.me. I could get Dawabunga.expert, which is Georgia. I get Dawabunga.church, <laughs> which I think we need in our lives. Godzilla Slayer. Thank you. Dawabunga Community, you know, for the fandas. Dawabunga right. Foundation. Georgia. Whoa. That's your, that's your right. next. Uh, that's like that, a that, charitable right. effort. Right. Right. Exactly. Dawabunga Solutions. <laughs> I'm only thinking about what that could be. So there's a whole bunch of options that you can get, and they they always throw uh, who is privacy in for free, as it should be. If you have a personally registered website, you do not want your name and address to be just out there, one who is away from somebody to see it. So and they they throw that in with every domain. Um, dot coms are twelve ninety nine, and they you don't have want to just fanta- Dawabunga anyone. Yeah, that's go. true. You have to be picky. Uh, they have fantastic customer support. Uh, you, they have a no hold, no wait, no transfer telephone support policy, and an actual human being will help you. Wow, no hold, no wait. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, they just pick up the phone. Well, they're Canadian, really? Georgia, so you know that's well, that's true. that's what they that's do up true. there. But that's like that's unheard of now. That's like wow. Yeah, and if you're gonna if you're gonna move all your of your domains over to Hover, they have a valet service where you can move all that stuff over yourself, but for free, they will actually just go. You have to give them your passwords, and they'll go th- and actually transfer everything over for you and make sure that oh, everything that's works. So nice. And they've got a new a new feature called Hover Connect that will get your domain connected with your website. So if you use something like uh, occasional uh, sponsor Squarespace, or if you use uh, Tumblr or Shopify or any of those other services they support, you just plug a couple of things in from their admin panel, and they will make it work, and you don't even have to do anything. So there's a ton of other great features. Uh, you should really just go to Hover.com and try them out. Use uh, use Offer code TURKEY at checkout, and you will get 10% off your first purchase at Hover.com, and you will show your support for Isometric and for all of Relay.fm. Well, our code should be Dowabunga. Well, <laughs> that would be a lot of letters to type in, though. The next and time turkey... you're terrifying Mike with your ideas for ads, you can make sure that he gets the right, the right offer code. That's All right, okay. how about the code should just be Bree? <laughs> like, if you're complaining about letters to type in, well, you could do that. Hmm. Well, it could just as easily be Maddie now, couldn't it? <laughs> That's too many more letters. It 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 should be all of our our names together. So it should just be like. <laughs> <laughs> it should be really easy Go to, to spell. Go to just... com and enter the code. Don't <laughs> 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 get ten. Wait, wait. Can you say the code again? <laughs> That's my new text home, by the way. <laughs> Yes. Exactly. Every time Brie texts me, that's what it's going to sound like now. Okay. Uh, so so go to go to Hover.com. Use the offer code TURKEY at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase, and you'll show your support for Isometric and all of Relay.fm. And thank you so much to Hover for sponsoring this episode and this uh, outburst of nonsense that we just provided to you. So, Georgia, what are you playing this week? So I uh, downloaded Laura Croft Go. Um, oh <gasps> yeah how is that i got that too i haven't gotten a chance to play it yet though i don't enjoy it at all oh, <laughs> oh no i don't like it because i heard it was really really good i don't know i eh, i don't know I'm, I'm gonna try it for a little longer and see if it at all interests me but eh, eh, you're like you know you're little you're tiny you're moving around and you're like you know 
can jump and do stuff. I it's kind of more puzzle oriented. It's not similar at all to, you know, Laura Croft. It's not a like a a Tomb Raider type of game. It's more of like a puzzle. You move around, and you can do stuff. So far, no. But I'm gonna play it for a little longer, and then I'm gonna see if it interests me. Um, there's another interesting game that I'm playing, which is um, it's like one of those noir films, and so that's it's called Calvino Noir. And how do you spell that? <laughs> C A L V I N O, and Noir is N O I R, and it's from the film Noir kind of like theme and you're going through to a mystery and it has the the like film noir if you like film noir this this would be really interesting to you if you don't this probably would not be the game for you but you're solving a mystery and it's well done it's it's of course in black and white and you're trying to go through and you're getting to talk to people and pick up clues and trying to figure out to solve the mystery and it's intriguing i i can't say that either really Pulls me in. Grabs you. Is no. the second one like more of an adult game? Because film noir can be really uh, bloody it's, sometimes. It's, it's so far is not bloody. I don't okay, know if it's okay. going to It's be. more of like a G-rated. Yeah, but <laughs> I, it's something that you have to be, you have to have time to invest into it. It's not something okay. that you can just pick so up So it's for adults down. because it's maybe more thinky. Yes. I don't think okay. the kids would really enjoy it, to be honest. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, That's I was just fun. curious. So, Georgia, did you play Hitman Go at all? No, I did not. Okay, and that, I wonder if it's—is it just that it's not what you were expecting? Because I know that people were very excited about it because it's in the style of Hitman Go, which is more of like a board game take on the Hitman game. So they were expecting Lara Croft to be like a board game. It's like a a turn-based board game take on Tomb Raider. Oh. So I wonder if maybe it just wasn't what you were it, expecting. I think that might, that might have been what it is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on playing. And I'm gonna see if it catches me and I can kind of get into it. But I'll I'll okay. take a look. So, uh, so Bree, what are you playing this week? So, you know, I've been taking a Twitter break, and you know, I've I had to come back on a bit uh, this week for Twitter um, because I'm at you know, Pax Dev, so like professional responsibilities. But um, so, what I've been doing in the evening instead of like tweeting with people um, to kind of take a break, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics. Which, um, oh, nice. you know, God, is that game twenty years old at this point? What year did it come out? Nineteen ninety eight was it? Yeah, it's got to I mean, be. It's got to be on, close. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up on twenty years, which is just mind blowing. But it is nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, it was nineteen. It was ninety eight in the U.S. So yeah, you were right. It Go is. Ahead. It is still a perfect game, and the graphics are amazing, and the gameplay is timeless, and it really, truly has one of the the best stories of any Final Fantasy ever. And, like, we've been talking a bit this year about, you know, those filthy SJWs, like, infiltrating video games. Do you know what (laughs) game has the most SJW narrative ever? It's Final (laughs) Fantasy Tactics. And, like, Like, all of Final Fantasy, but, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Pretty much, but especially Tactics. Um, So it's just, it's been amazing. And I want to tell everyone out there, if you're really feeling social media burnout... Like, just try putting it down and spending some time, like, playing a game. Like, I know I feel a lot better. So something else I did this week is I was having such a good 
time playing Final Fantasy Tactics. And, um, yeah, I realized that I'd never beat Final Fantasy um, Tactics A2, which was a DS game um, that came out. Like, I bought it, and I just, I'm like, wow, I never really finished that. So I couldn't find my copy anywhere. So I bought a new one from Amazon for $40. And, um, guys, like, they effed up Final Fantasy so big with that series and like especially now as someone that works in games it's so apparent to me um you know the problem is in the original final fantasy tactics it's not just that the story is mature and not like you know a kid's tale like the you know game boy versions of the game are the problem is they took it from you gaining job points with every single action you do. So in the original, if you hit a monster, if you raise your focus, if you throw a stone, if you cast a spell, you gain a few points to help you build up skills in your job, in your job class. They really screwed it up for the Game Boy versions by tying all the skills that you learn to this stupid weapon that you get. So it just destroys all the fun of the game. Like, Final Fantasy Tactics is not boring to play because every time you do any action, anything at all, you're gaining job points. And now, like, for Final Fantasy Tactics A2, you go back to this system where, um, you know, it's just, like, get through the battle as quickly as possible. So um, I have to say I'm really, really frustrated about that. And, um, yeah, I can't remember the name of it now. Is it the unt- Untold Story or something like that? Yeah. Like the Kickstarter oh, the, from yeah, the... Yeah, the one that the, the designer yeah. of Final Fantasy Tactics is doing. Yeah, I backed that. Yeah, something like yeah. That. Unsung, I just, unsung Story I'm, or something like that, yeah. Unsung Story. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to that because this is just an incredible game genre and it, it really really deserves to it, it deserves to come back and get a, a bigger audience so that is what i've been playing yeah the final fantasy tactics is one of the first games i played on your recommendation i think other than tomb raider and that i i love that game i probably put 40 hours into that game in a time where i wasn't putting 40 hours into anything and did the, you beat it did I you beat think it? i got to the very end and then i got to a point where i was just getting slaughtered um, or something. <laughs> but I remember it was uh, even the grinding, which usually is something that messes with my ADD in a lot of those games. Even the grinding was like, was enjoyable. And it was something that added to the game well. instead of taking away from it, which is a really hard thing to do in, a, in an RPG. So that, that game, I'm really hoping Unsung Story is good. I haven't heard anything about that in a long time. And hopefully it's still, you know, on track, but I'm really looking forward to that too. It's it's worth saying, you know, they redid Tactics Ogre on PSP, and I was really hoping it would hold a candle to Final Fantasy Tactics because it's the same style of game, same studio, and it just um, it doesn't hold up. So, you know, here's hoping they can uh, get their mojo back. Yeah. So, uh, so Maddie, what are you playing this week? Um, so last night I finally got around to playing part two of Burial at Sea, which is a Bioshock Infinite DLC where you finally get to play as Elizabeth Comstock, who people might remember is the companion character for most of Bioshock Infinite. And, um, it was pretty cool that you finally get to play as her for Burial at Sea part two. Um, and I really liked part one where you don't really get to play as her the whole time, but it's sort of, some cool things happened in part one that I thought 
were a nice answer to Bioshock Infinite, which is a game that's pretty fundamentally about removing Elizabeth's agency at like every turn. And I'm far from the first person to point that out about that game. Um, But anyway, the reason why I never played part two is because I just was putting it off because people kept telling me that it was going to be really sexist and that it would really bother me. And um, the reason why I finally got around to it is because uh, Sufi from Justice Points is going to be doing a series of research podcasts focusing on specific uh, portrayals of characters. And I I don't think it's affiliated with Justice Points. I think she's doing these on her own. And she's interviewing different people about characters that they've written about a lot. And um, she asked me if I would be willing to do a special episode about Elizabeth Comstock. So I'm going to do that one. And I wanted to be sure to play everything there is to play about Elizabeth before I did the show. So Hmm. um, I'll obviously tell you guys when it's out. And I'm really excited to do it because I actually really like a lot of things about Elizabeth and I think the games kind of do her wrong, but I think she's still a really interesting character. So I'm excited to do the show uh, for sure. And Burial at Sea Part 2, I mean, I can definitely understand what people were talking about <laughs> and I I don't want to spoil it per se, there were definitely like some gratuitous torture scenes in it that I think were probably what people were referring to when they were warning me about it, but it's not like a sexual assault situation. So that was actually what I was worried about when people were like, Oh my God, Maddie, you're going to hate this game so much. And when people say that to me and they don't just tell me what's going to happen, it's actually kind of annoying. Like I just, for the record, I don't mind getting spoiled on stuff like that. I'd prefer to know. So if you're somebody who is just tweeting at me to warn me about something in a game, feel free to literally tell me what's in it. I'd love to know. Um, they call that a trigger warning folks. Uh, so, but for, in this case, um, I'm pleased to report that there isn't any of that in Burial at Sea Part 2 if you're worried about it, but there's still, like, a lot of situations where Elizabeth is, like, getting tortured and stuff. And, like, it's it's not it's not ideal, and the presentation of her in the game is, is less than ideal as well. And there are a lot of, like, really hokey plot decisions that were made, too. And, again, I don't... Like, there's... I don't know if you all have played all the Bioshock games, but there's this like extremely complicated political canon and it's like a critique of Randian philosophy. And it, I, I don't know if you guys are even familiar with all of that, but it's uh, it's like this very complex layered game. And um, I think the criticism that a lot of people had about Burial at Sea and also Bioshock Infinite is that some of the things that were sort of more understated in the first couple of Bioshocks became a lot more overbearing in Bioshock Infinite, which is kind of too bad because I think it's actually cool that games are making political commentary. And I would definitely agree that Burial at Sea is like really overbearing. So I still recommend Bioshock 1 um, as like a sort of canonical historical throwback that's worth playing. But uh, I don't, I don't know about these other, <laughs> I don't know about these other ones, but yeah. So I'll let you guys know about the podcast when it's out. Okay. I'm excited Sounds to do good. it. Awesome. What's your plan, cool. Steve? Well, obviously I've been playing a ton of Hearthstone. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, I hey, actually, yeah. I didn't talk about Street Fighter. I know, so. No, I'm but, just kidding. I'm just well, kidding. I, I, only, I mean, I'm not going to say anything else about it except that I, you know, I, like I said earlier, I started streaming it. So, which has been kind of interesting. So I've been streaming a couple of my arena runs, which has been it been fun to do a little bit different than what I'm used to, but, uh, and I had a really good game that I, it, I used YouTube and it actually archived it, which I was happy about. So I had a very improbable win at the very end that I was kind of had to drop the mic and finish after that. But, um, other than that, I've been, I got Mega Man legacy collection because of course I did. And so I've been playing some Mega Man four and because I I've played 
two and three to death, and I played one when we were talking about Mega Man a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't really spent a lot of time with the second half of the NES games. And uh, Mega Man 4 is kicking my ass. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot, because I'm starting to wonder if, like, I'm getting through, like, Mega Man 2 on, like, muscle memory alone, just having played it as much as I have, because I'm playing these levels and I'm not familiar with them, and it is... It is way, way difficult, but, and it's, what's interesting about the, the legacy collection is they left a lot of the artifacts in. So there's still a lot of like the graphical artifacts on like the side of the screen as the screen is scrolling and you have options to be able to make it full screen or make it widescreen. Like they give you a lot of different, um, a different options of how you, if you want to be able to experience it, like as close to the original as possible, or it'll let you do like quick saves to be able to have a little bit more quality of life. And they have a lot of a lot of interesting, like the art from the games is in there and there's like a challenge mode that I haven't even gotten to because I just want to get through some of the regular games. But if you are a Mega Man fan, like I am, I I think they really did a really great job with this collection. I'm really happy that they did it. And I mean, it costs you $5 a piece on the virtual console to get any of these. And this is all six games for $15. I think I paid for it. So it's well Well. worth it. Um, It's a really, really great package. I, I hope that, that either companies do more of this, like like preserving the older games and repackaging them in a bit of a more modern collection. Cause this is really cool that they were able to do this. And it just happens to be, you know, one of my favorite series of all time. So I was really excited about that. Steve, when they, when they released the, the legacy collection on um, PS2, they, they made a lot of changes. Like they, they went through all the levels and they introduced an easy mode where like they would put bricks down in segments where you would probably fall to your death. Did they add any of that here? No, no. And they didn't ruin the music like they did in anniversary collection either. They tried to update the music in anniversary collection. It was, it was a disaster. Um, no, but I mean, I wouldn't, I, I did just beat all of these games. I could beat Mega Man one, two, three, four, five, six, on 3ds and you know there were sections on there where i absolutely made use of the the save state function yeah to that is push there. through it okay it is there that is so, there yeah they're not they're not changing the levels it, at all but there is a, a quick save and a quick load and you can load from any point yeah i had to do that in Mega Man one when i was playing through on the virtual console also in the dr wiley stages because i was not getting through mm-hmm. all of those um boss battles in one on one life um right yeah right but they they do allow that. I'm trying not to use it as much because I don't mind going through some of the stages right now. But it's it's there if you want it to. And and I think that it's probably good to to use some of that stuff just to be able to experience the whole game because those games are, especially the back half, are very very difficult games that are. It, it's going to be hard for somebody who's not used to them or doesn't know them like the back of their hand to be able to to clear them without something like that. Does it have like Mega Man X or the Mega Man Arcade game or Mega Man Seven? No, it has the six NES games in it. Well, that's not a very good deal. Wow. Well, fifteen dollars for six games. Yeah, but it's a huge download downgrade from the anniversary collection. You know, like that literally had every single Mega Man game that had ever been made at the time. Yeah, um, but that's also wasn't necessarily done as much as an archival type of thing too this is more of like a criterion collection type of thing i guess you would think mm-hmm. about it you know so they're they're right. trying to take that those games and really make sure that they're mastering it so that it's as accurate as possible whereas where i think with the with the anniversary collection they were basically just taking that and just kind of recompiling it for ps2 and, and putting it in a package that way um okay yeah i 
I don't know. I mean, I own the anniversary collection too. I have it. I, I still have it sitting behind me somewhere, but um, I, I don't know. I didn't really spend a ton of time with it because it didn't feel right to some extent. Like this, this definitely feels like I would expect it to feel like. So, Ooh, and that's, that's kind okay. of important with, with, you know, a classic game like that too, to some extent. I guess I don't have strong enough feelings about Mega Man. Like I might about Parasite Eve or, or Peggle or, or Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we all, we all have our bugaboos, I guess. So it's, it, you know, that this is, this is mine, but it's, I really appreciate it. And it's fun to go through like all the back artwork. And the, the one thing that they did add was that challenge mode where you can kind of take little pieces of like, clear this, clear this level in this particular way. And, you know, there's one achieve, there's one challenge. I think where you have to beat all of the bosses without, collecting any of their weapons or just doing it with a mega buster so some more challenges if you're really like super hardcore good at mega man there's there's still some content in there for you cool yeah um so do we have any any uh housekeeping before we let these people go um i have one thing that i would like to share with everyone um just because it's a new project that i'm doing and i think that we talk a lot about mental health and uh and so it's very dear to my heart um uh, Sandra Reese, she's the woman that runs the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression with me. Um, not with me. <laughs> um, she runs it, and I work for her. And she's amazing. We started off a video series that are session by session. If you don't want to go in to get therapy or get help, you can get the videos and do therapy at home so that you don't have to live a lifetime of anxiety. And so... It's something that I think it makes it much more affordable and you can do it in your own privacy if you're shy or if you know someone that's suffering from anxiety. And so we just launched it. We did a big talk yesterday, which was amazing, and we saw a lot of people that may be too shy or being too embarrassed to be able to go get therapy or couldn't afford to get therapy on their own. And so it's at anxiety-videos.com. And, uh, you know, I would love for people to take a check at it and uh, tell us what you think, and uh, take a look at that. How does that work, Georgia? Is it, I mean, how does, like, it's video, so it's one way, right? Yeah, so it's a video, and what we do, what we do is is that we're, we're going to start off with, like, just having, um, like, a basic set of videos. Like, so my first session that I deal with with anxiety, it's pretty straightforward, and so it would be what I would do with the first session and what Sandra would do for the first session we're talking together. And then we give homework to that, so personalized homework to what are the types of things that are dealing with with your anxiety, what, how are you managing it, what are the areas that you are. And so you have homework to that. And then we have special um, uh, sessions as well. So say that you can't sleep, you have very, a lot of difficulty sleeping. There's one, uh, I don't want to say tape because I know uh, one video... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say it, Maddie. Don't do it, Maddie. These are VHS tapes, right? Yes. That's... You actually mail no, one the video. VHSs through the mail to the people. <laughs> one video that you can download that would be on sleep. And so you can just watch that one if one of your issues is sleep. If you're dealing with OCD, then you can watch the one that is specialized to OCD. If you're dealing with exposures uh, or a phobia, and so an exposure therapy or in vivo therapy would be, it would be a little bit of how to deal with that. And it's good even if you're in therapy and you might be with a generalist instead of a specialist that deals with anxiety or as an adjunct to that. But I think that books often give you almost too much information and it can be really overwhelming when you're already really stressed out. And um, we've been doing it for so long that I think that we cut, we talk about it in a way that people can understand because we've just done this for so long. And so we're hoping that we can help out more people. And it's 
Like, the, they're not cheap. I'm not going to say that the cassettes, the cassettes. That's, <laughs> that's who said the VHS? You, Maddie, it's your fault. Um, I'm not, they're, they're not cheap, but they're not as expensive as therapy. And so they're kind of in the min range to that. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that they, the people that have seen it so far really, really like them. And uh, we're going to try to make them better and so that we can help out more people. But is it as good as being specialized with a therapist? I don't think so because you can get specialized treatment. Is it as good as being with a therapist that might be a generalist? You know, it depends on who you have and what you deal with it. So, you know, each to their own, you know. But I think that it can help out people that may not you know, be able to go out there and get help for themselves because anxiety Yeah, like is, especially if you've got nothing and yeah. this is like and your first so entry point. Like really, it is not something you have to live with. And even if, you you know, everyone says, well, you're not, but mine is different or mine isn't treatable or I've already tried therapy or I've done this. You, you don't have to. You really honestly don't have to. You can live, you know, without it and live the life that you deserve to live. I'm sorry to go all therapy, but you really can. So. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And I mean, there are people who live in remote areas or that have problems with insurance or something like that, that maybe they can't get to a therapist. And, you know, that that's something that, that they can reach out to also. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or if you, for, you know, you forget something or just to see it in a different light. Um, I think that that's helpful. So we're hoping that, you know, we can help more people with that. Yeah, that's a that's really great, great service that you that you're uh, that you're offering. I feel like I have to say, you know, I, I sure have, like, I, I've just got to be straight. Like, I've, I sure have seen a lot of friends die mm. because they wouldn't go see a therapist, yeah. you know. Um, so get help. Yeah. <laughs> get help. Yeah, you deserve yeah. it. Yes. Um, you're worth it. You yeah. really are. Yeah, and, and, and it might not be the first person that you meet. They may not be the right match for you. Um, you know, the wonderful thing about Sandra is that, um, like there's very few therapists that I think that, that I would go to actually see or speak to because, um, they may act as though they're holier than thou, or they know things better than you do or, or be judgmental or, or, and sometimes that's just the worry and they may not be that way. Um, but she, Sandra's like really down to earth and she used to be, you know, a bartender and she's been through all kinds of stuff and she's honest. She doesn't pretend that, you know, she's never been through things and that's what I love about her. So it's real. It's not like. You know, all of us just talking about theory and stuff. We're, we're being honest and telling jokes and telling our own stories and, and how we've gotten through things. So we try to make it also relatable so that people don't feel like you're being talked down to because I would really not appreciate that in a therapy session. But I do want it to be, you know, what works, what doesn't work and why and what's happening in my mind. And I'm, am I broken because this is happening to me? And, and none of that is true. That's it. Okay. <laughs> you sounded like you were taking a breath to, to, for something else. Okay. No, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to yeah. go on to a rant about why people, you know, you can, you can get help. You can, you know, there is a chance for that. So please take it. I, I feel like I have to say like, you know, therapy really is an investment in yeah. yourself. And I, mm-hmm. I really mean that. Like I yeah. wouldn't be alive right now if it weren't for therapy. Um, Maddie, mm-hmm. I would suspect you kind of, yeah, that's the same. the same for me. Um, yeah, so hmm. I don't know. Like, get your yeah. video series, but like, my therapist, I end up charging what, like, twenty dollars a session. I feel like I'm worth twenty dollars a <laughs> session, twenty dollars a week. I feel like I'm worth that. Yeah, both. but if if you're scared of therapy, this could be like a good entry point for sure. It sounds yeah. like because yeah. I know or, a lot yeah, of people are like are honestly really scared of it, and there's a stigma there, and they don't yeah. want to go in. And I have a lot of friends who feel that way, so. Yeah. Yeah, might link this to them. <laughs> right. Or, or, you know, even if you have trouble with your, like, you know, when I was trying to get my diagnosis for ADD, it took me two months to be able to see 
you know, a psychiatrist because of, you know, complications with the insurance, if this would, you know, be something that you could use while you're in the meantime, in the meantime, while you're waiting to get seen by a therapist, that's also really valuable. Yeah. Well, also what I, what I thought, um, was that like, also like, you know, if I'm going to do in therapy and so instead of spending like $200, like, you know, to, to see someone and I'm going to talk about like sleep therapy, you can just get the, the like DVD for like 50 and you can go over what is sleep and then you can go over it again because you might not have caught everything. And it's just always there to be able to be that kind of support to, um, you know, help you out when you need it. And it can save time to that because you can always go back to it if it's something that you missed and um, done in a way that's kind of comfortable and at your own pace. And, you know, then you can do like some work on that piece specifically. So, Georgia, if you pay me $40, I will endorse this on next week's show. (laughs) That. Brie, for you, in a heartbeat, and I'll try to find, like, one of those little sugar sticks. All right, sounds great. <laughs> Could you do it while holding Gellerhorn, though? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Anybody else have anything that they want to make sure that everyone knows about before we uh, let these people go? Do the survey. Do the survey. Survey.isometricshow.com. No, no, no. I was on I was on HuffPo Live today. Uh, I did a really, really great segment. Um, we'll leave that in the show notes. Sure. But it was it was really solid. It was adult conversation. So unlike this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So check that out yeah. if you want to listen to adults. <laughs> oh, oh, also, yeah. I want to – there's one other thing I want to mention. There was – after our discussion of Destiny last week, there was a listener who – listen to my uh, cries for help about making destiny understandable to um, somebody who doesn't speak destiny. And so listener Nathan wrote this really, really long and involved post explaining destiny in plain English and also explaining the expansion. So if you want uh, more information on that and you want to read that, it's really, really good. And he put a lot of work into it. So I just want to make sure that everybody sees that in case, uh, you know, you want an explanation of the taking King before we start talking about it in a couple weeks. So that's in the show notes too? That will be in the show notes as well. Okay, awesome. Yes, yes. everything in the show notes. And you can find those show notes at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can, as always, rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh, that helps us out a lot, as, as, does taking do the, that, yeah. as does taking the survey at survey.isometricshow.com. Georgia over Mechagodzilla, I'm just saying. Yeah, vote for Georgia. <laughs> no, don't fall for Georgia's lies. Ah. <laughs> oh, oh. You, you, if you've looked at the incriminating evidence, you know what George is capable of. Vote for Georgia. <laughs> and so you could also send your email. We've got a lot of wonderful feedback via email, too, even feedback after the survey. Uh, yeah. To feedback at isometricshow.com. So we really appreciate all those kind words that, that everyone's uh, sent us. And we are, as always, part of the amazing Relay.fm network where you can hear Bree's other show, Rocket. I saw that. Um, Reconcilable Differences has John Syracuse this week explaining Destiny to Merlin Mann, which should, I haven't listened to yet, but I imagine will be as entertaining as that sounds. Uh, so go check that out as well and all the other fine n- shows on our wonderful network. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And Bree, where can people find you on the internet? Facecat Gal. And Maddie? Famous Clone. And Georgia? At Georgia underscore Dow. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to Braintree and Hover for sponsoring the show. And uh, we'll be back. Yeah.